You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good morning, buenos dias, and Merry Christmas. Here we are, the week of Christmas. We're coming in for a landing here on Christmas, Christmas 2020. After a wild year, hopefully you are set up to have an enjoyable Christmas. And uh, I want to wish you, on behalf of the Carrillo family, Merry Christmas. And uh, this is our service right before Christmas. Normally we have a big hoopla, big party, big event, but uh, this is uh, COVID Christmas, so this is a little bit more downsized. But uh, we're going to have a great time talking about and focusing on Jesus. So welcome. It's good to have you, friends, family. Welcome Metro Region and all our neighbors and co-workers and everybody who's with us today. And welcome and Merry Christmas to our San Francisco crew. It's good to have you with us this morning. Um, we're going to be talking about Jesus, of course. It's Christmas, right? It's the week before Christmas. And, and he is the reason for the season, right? He's, he's why we're here. Um, it's not Jack Frost. It's not Frosty the Snowman. It's not Rudolph. It's not Kris Kringle. It's not even St. Nicholas. It's all about Jesus. Although St. Nicholas, you know, plays a prominent role. If you, if you missed it, you had to look up our Wednesday night service. Uh, was it last week? And, uh, check out the, the, the background on Kris Kringle, or excuse me, on St. Nicholas. Uh, that was a great story. Um, he, he, he's got a prominent role and he helps usher in the spirit of Christmas. You know, they say that St. Nicholas is actually, uh, gives us the four stages of life because, you know, at one stage of life, you believe in him. The next stage of life, people stop believing in him. Then the next stage of life, you are him. And then the final stage of life, you look like him. So those are the four stages of life life right there. But don't be afraid. You don't want to be accused of being claustrophobic, right? So uh, now this is all about Jesus, right? Not not about anybody else, not about any people. And, and that's important, even though, you know, there's a lot of good stuff associated with Christmas and there's some hard stuff, which both of them point to why we need Jesus so much and why it's so important that we remember Jesus in this time of year. I mean, what a great opportunity for Christians because this is the time of year where a lot of people are talking about him and people are open to talking about Jesus. So before we jump in, let's go ahead and have a prayer and then we'll jump on in. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you for all that he represents. We thank you for the scriptures that tell us and show us and, and, and through which we can learn so much about him and about what he means to all of us. Help us now, God, as we open our Bibles to be open to learning and to be open to your word and you guiding us along, God. Help us to be able to truly celebrate Jesus and know why we celebrate Jesus. Please uh, bless our study. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so Jesus, the reason for the season. You know, he's he's the greatest figure in the world, hands down. You know, Socrates taught for 40 years, Plato for about 50, Aristotle for about 40. And most of us really could would not be able to even quote one phrase. I mean, a few of us, uh, you know, nerds out there studying the classics, but the, the common person wouldn't even be able to quote one person. You know, not Buddha, not Muhammad, not Confucius, not even Moses ever claimed to be God in the flesh. 
And his name, Jesus' name, was Emmanuel, which means God with us. Most people in ancient times were identified by their names. Their names were showed who they were and what they did. You know, the last name, if your name was John Miller, everybody knew you were the local Miller. If your name was Johnson, everybody knew you were the son of John. And this is true for many cultures around the world where, where people's names would tell you something about them and you could learn a lot about them from their names. Jesus has hundreds of names. Probably one of the coolest in Isaiah 9, 6 is that it says his name shall be wonderful. I mean, that's Jesus. His name is wonderful. And he has many other names, of course, teacher, master, the Logos, the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Life, the Good Shepherd, the Everlasting Father, the Holy One of God, the Son of God, Emmanuel, the Savior, the King of Kings, the Lord, the Messiah, the Mighty mighty God, the Beginning, the End, the Alpha, the Omega, and another 200 names on top of that. And he has many names because he's so much, and one name really couldn't cover it. Although his name the name that we know him by is incredibly significant. Probably the most incredible thing about Jesus is the life that he lived and what that all means to us. He was born in poverty, died a shameful death, never bought a house, never owned property, never amassed any wealth to speak of, yet kings and queens, presidents, premiers bow before his name. In his whole adult life, he never traveled more than 30 miles from his, from his birthplace. Yet he is known on every continent and every country of our planet. He never claimed any inventions. He never held titles. He never commanded an army. Yet his people are found in every empire, every nation, every part of our world. He never wrote a book. He never composed a single song. He never wrote a poem. Yet he is quoted and read in every corner of the earth. More men have tried to describe Jesus, men and women, writing songs, books, poems, prose, sayings, sculptures, paintings, movies, music, and any other artistic avenue to describe and to show us Jesus. So many of the great classics of art are centered around Jesus. Of his of authority, it was the ultimate authority. If the Secretary General of the United Nations walked in, in the room, we'd all stand up out of respect for who he is and his authority. But if Jesus walked in, we'd all fall on our knees because we'd all be so blown away and so amazed by Jesus. In the year 303, the Emperor Diocletian proclaimed extincto nomine Christianorum which means basically Christianity is extinct. And yet, just a few years later, in 325 AD, uh, Christianity would be declared the state religion of the Roman Empire. Such was the power, such was the impact of this preacher from a corner of the Roman Empire who changed the entire Roman Empire, changed the world, and changed history. This person who never traveled, never wrote, never owned anything, had no titles. Such was the impact of Jesus. You know, when he was born, we read in Luke chapter 2, and there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. 
An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. I love that because, you know, they, they, they see an apparition. They see this lights and they don't know what's going on. And I don't know exactly what the angels look like at this point. I mean, a lot of people try to paint them and figure out what they, and most of the time, really, they're more like Greek symbols than they are like what they probably really look like. But they, they appear and they're scared like any normal person would be like, what in the world is that? And then they hear this voice telling them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And I love that. You know, I bring you good. We love good news, right? We love it when somebody calls us and tells us something great or tells us good news about them or about us or about our family or life. We love those calls. The other calls we don't necessarily love so much, but we love good news. And that's what this celebration is really about. That's, that's, that's why we take time to stop and remember Jesus because all the good news that comes from him. And I love what it says that after that, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. You know, the older I get, the more I just love peace. You know, I mean, peace is such a valuable thing. And when you're going through hard times, when you're going through challenges, and, and the older you get, the more you know of what's messed up in the world, what's wrong with the world. And, and the more we see the results of our mistakes and our sins and our errors, the more important peace becomes. And that has been so incredibly precious this year, because a lot of us, if not all of us, have struggled finding peace this year with everything that's been going on with all the political strife, the economic worries and all the, 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 even the racial tension, all of that has really disturbed our souls. And we've had a hard time finding peace. And that's what the angel came and said, you're going to have peace. I think the, the, the old guys, the shepherds are like, yeah, hallelujah. You know, that, that, that is just so incredibly valuable in life, you know, when you're young, it doesn't matter that much. You, in fact, you don't want peace, you want action. But the older you get, the less action you want and the more peace you want because you just become wiser and you know more about what's happening in this world. So the good news, that's, that's, that's what they came to announce. And that's what was so exciting. And God sent angels to set that up. He put a star over Jesus to mark his birth and, and cause people to come. He, everybody knew that something miraculous was have, was happening. You know, the king was trying to have Jesus killed, trying to hunt him down because he was afraid of this good news, which for him was bad news. And, and, and the, everybody knew that something significant was happening, even though it was happening in, a, in the middle of nowhere, so to speak, in, in a, probably a cave or a shelter for animals, and a baby was being born that would change the whole world and bring this good news. What good news? And that's what I want to share with you. Just the thought of good news to plant in your heart and to remember as we go into this Christmas week. Why was this good news? It was good news because he came to save us, not condemn us. You know, Revelation gives us the picture of when Jesus returns 
and judgment rolls in. But that's not what this celebrates, and that's not what this was about. This was about Jesus coming to bring us hope, to bring us salvation, to show us the way so that we could even... Even the, even the final return of Jesus would be good news. He says in John 12, 47, If anyone hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge that person, for I do not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He came to save us. You know, and, and, and that's the good news is if you know the problems we get ourselves into, if you know the problems of the world, then man, we need a savior. We need Jesus to save us. And you know that. You know that. We all need Jesus. We all need to be saved. We, we, we know how messed up the world is. We know how messed up life is. And he didn't come to condemn us. He came to save us. And a lot of us run around too afraid of God, too afraid of religion. And, 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 and honestly, I think a lot of that's because of bad experiences and a lot of religious groups that just have bad religion. Honestly, they have a bad theology. They don't understand. They don't understand and they don't teach God properly. And for centuries, a lot of churches tried to control the masses by keeping people afraid all the time, afraid of judgment, afraid of condemnation. And hopefully that would get people to act right and do what was right. And the problem is fear, although fear is the beginning of wisdom, it's not a good long-term motivator. It's not a good long-term inspiration. In the long run, what the only thing that keeps us going is love. And that, and Jesus came showing us the love of God, being the love of God, and, and helping us to understand that God is love. He didn't come to condemn. He came to save. And that's, pretty good news. And he not only did did he just come, but he came for sinners. He didn't come for the perfect people. He didn't come for the people that never mess up and do everything right, which is actually a myth. But there are a lot of people that look that way. There are a lot of people that act that way. There's a lot of people that think they're that way, but they're not. The truth is we're all sinners. And most of us probably watching this morning know that we're sinners. We know we've messed up. We know we've blown it. We know we're not perfect. We know that we, that we fall short a lot. Even those of us who've been in church a long time, we know that we've got a lot to grow. We've got a lot to change. And so we know we're sinners. So here's the good news. Jesus came for you. Jesus specifically came for you. In Matthew 9, 9 through 13, it says, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I have, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. That's you and me. That, the, the, I, I know I'm far from perfect, and I have, I have fallen short so many times. I am so grateful that God came and he sent Jesus for us sinners. If you think, you know, this church has got a lot of sinners. Well, this is the church of Jesus Christ. This is his church. It's full of sinners trying to do what's right. We're not just giving into our sin, living out our sinful nature. We're trying to do what's right, but we don't, we don't lose the fact. We don't forget that we're all sinners and therefore we need Jesus. We need a, a savior. We need him. What is the good news? The good news is that he came for the lost. He didn't come for those who got everything down and doing everything right. He came for those who've gotten lost along the way. 
And Luke 19, 10 says, the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. And there's a number of things that were lost. But the question for a lot of people is, are we lost? Are we still lost? I mean, Jesus came 2,000 years ago. Hasn't everything been fixed and made right? Aren't we all found now? Obviously, we know the, the question of that. But it is an important question. Are we lost? You know, so it's, there's a popular idea out there that you really shouldn't try to convert anybody. That everybody's religion is equal. Everybody's lifestyle is the same, is equal. Everybody's opinions equally match. And I would challenge that because I think and I know that we are lost and we do need Jesus. And we do need him in our lives. Are we lost? Well, let's look at the facts. There are wars on every continent, every continental area of the world. Hunger and poverty are still the major issues, despite the abundance of food and resources for everyone. Our nation has 3.3 million teen alcoholics. Why is that happening? There's 400,000 children who suffer from malnutrition. There's 50, 50% of the homeless in America are women and children fleeing America. There's three times more money spent on sheltering stray pets than on the homeless women and children out there right now. There are daily over a thousand teens attempt suicide. Daily over 9,000 women are battered. Four die on average a day. One child is beaten to death every day. Don't tell me we're not lost. Don't tell me that our, our world isn't messed up. Don't tell me that we don't need saving, that we don't need somebody to help us straighten up and learn to love each other, learn to be there for each other, learn to help each other. When God gave us a perfect creation, he gave us a world that flows with milk and honey in so many ways. We have clean water all over the world. We have plants. We have, we have everything we need. And we have messed it up. And we have messed each other up. So, yeah, I think we're lost. I think the evidence is pretty clear that we need Jesus. And we have gotten lost along the way. And even as, even as disciples, we always have to stop and check ourselves because there's a lot of sin out there just pulling us. You know, there's, there's greed, there's materialism, there's laziness, there's, that affects our spirituality. There's, there's worldliness that corrupts our hearts and our minds. And it's so easy, even as a disciple of Jesus, even as a Christian, to become lost. And we can be sitting in the middle of the saved and totally lost ourselves. And we have to make sure that we are not lost. And the good news is that Jesus came for you. Jesus came for the lost. He didn't come for those who have everything down right. And that's good. That's great. And we need to understand the greatness of that fact. The name of Jesus in Hebrew, Yeshua, Yeshua. Guess what it means? Yeah, it means salvation. It means salvation. And Jesus is our salvation. He is who saves us. That's the good news. Why were they so happy this little baby was born? Because this baby would save us. Why were they so happy that this happened? Because this baby would lead to our salvation. And there's one more thing that this baby brought to us. He brought us the kingdom of God. And that is awesome. 
the older I get as a Christian, the more I understand about the kingdom of God, the more I realize what an amazing treasure this is, the kingdom of God. Jesus said in Luke 4, 43, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. This is why Jesus came to proclaim to us the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is at the heart of the good news. I don't think I've ever seen that so clearly as I do now. And especially after this year, when as, as so much of the injustices of the world have been, have been exposed, like the, the cover was taken off, the fake cover of everything's okay, we're all fine and we're all getting along. That's been pulled back and everything is not okay. And things have not been fine. And, and there have been way too many injustices in our world. And that's, and, and when I, what I love about what's happened is it's not okay anymore to be unjust, to treat people badly because of the color of their skin or to, or because of their language or their ethnic origin or, or whatever reason. It's not okay anymore. And, and our world is waking up to that. And we're becoming awoke of that and the hurt and the damage that has happened. And, and this is the great thing is that this is all part of the kingdom of God. This is what the kingdom of God is. It's justice. It's mercy. It's peace. It's love. It's us learning to forgive each other. It's us learning, us learning to love one another. It's us learning to, to treat each other with mercy and kindness. To really love one another. And, 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 and it's not just talk. I mean, Paul wrote, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. I mean, it's, it's really happening. It's, it's, and, and this is a very unique thing. This is only in the kingdom of God. This is not in the world. This is not in our cities. This is not in the government. This is not in our society. This is in the kingdom of God. And Jesus brought this, you know, and who's going to be the most excited? Well, the poor, the abused, the oppressed. Why? Because they're the ones that are going to feel the most benefit out of this. You know, but also I would say the helpless and the harassed because peace is so valuable to not be in fear, to not be worried all the time about what's going to happen to me, but to be able to have peace and confidence because God is love, because we have a, we have a community that loves each other. We have a community that will practice justice. When we see an injustice, we deal with it. When we see, when we see a wrong, we're merciful, we're kind, and we repent and we help each other. That's the kingdom of God. What a great place to be a part of. What a great thing to be in. The kingdom of God. And there's so many scriptures about that. Jesus spent so much time I mean, at the beginning of his ministry, he came and is preaching, repent or turn to God for the kingdom of God is near. And there's so many scriptures about Jesus bringing that kingdom in. That's the good news. That's what we're celebrating this week. I I know we don't know when Jesus' birthday was. It was probably in the spring. But Christians, our brothers and sisters, disciples that lived many, many years ago, seven, over 1,700 years ago, decided, you know what, let's take this day, everybody typically celebrates other things on this day, and let's celebrate Jesus. Let's celebrate his birthday. Let's just remember what he has done. And you know what? Wise men, as they sought him when he was born, because they knew what it meant, and wise men still seek him. 
Wise women still seek him. Wise people still seek Jesus and celebrate because they know what he has brought to this world. And they know what he has brought to us as a people and to me and you as individuals. He has brought us hope. He has brought us salvation. He has brought us his beautiful kingdom to be a part of, not, not, not just to wait till we die to be saved, but to be saved now and brought in to his kingdom. So let's remember that as we celebrate this week, the birth of Jesus, Yeshua, our salvation. As we celebrate with the angels, with all our brothers and sisters for over 2,000 years, we join the party and we celebrate the birth of Jesus, the reason for the season. God bless you and when Camino. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.